Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you at Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. In this hour, former New Jersey Devils player, longtime Devils television analyst, Kevin uh, Ken Danico will join us. And we'll get our update from the farm from Colin Chalk, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Keep texting us. we got a ton of texts to get to on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We'll tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca with multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. As we head off to our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it. Our Oilers now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Wilhock Beef Jerky with multiple locations in the Edmonton region to serve you. We welcome back to the show. Many years ago, a star with the Southside Athletic Club. He went on to uh, win, what, three Stanley Cups with the New Jersey Devils, and he's been a uh, longtime Devils broadcaster, Ken Danico. Hello, Ken. It's Bob. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you today? Not bad. Uh, you know, up in the, it's been an up and down season uh, for the Oilers, as opposed to the Devils. And uh, I watched uh, a large percentage of your game against uh, Ottawa, and you guys had a great graphic, which is going to make an appearance on the Sportsnet show tonight, just showing the 11 players that were part of that 10-game uh, losing streak less than two years ago, and a complete reversal of fortune. So, 12 straight wins. You're, you're living life. You're living large. Is is this a byproduct of the plan coming together? What what sort of transpired here <laughs> to see the Devils on this run? Because if you look at their shot metrics and their you know the goals for and against and those sort of things, uh, a lot of the analytics pundits will tell you this is real. This isn't a fake eater. This is a legitimate thing. You're watching it on a nightly basis. What's happening here, Ken? Well, it's been a long time coming. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, certainly. Um, Bob, but what I would say is obviously I, I look at the metrics, the analytics as well, and, and it's a useful tool. I, I like the eye test as much. Uh, having said that, 
is a lot of times when they had good metrics analytics last year, they weren't winning games. So the difference is uh, they've finally put it all together, figured out what it takes to win. Situational play, tight hockey games that they couldn't win for their life. They've won a handful of one-goal games that they haven't won in the past. They just look more comfortable, more composed. The big difference, yeah, they're a fast team. They were fast last year, and it was starting to come together with with all the high draft picks and the young players kind of uh, slowly but surely getting better in the Hughes' brats and and Nico Heischer, who's been fantastic, and kind of the Patrice Bergeron of the New Jersey Devils, uh, I give him that high of praise because it looks like his offensive game is starting to go to another level as well, but he understands the game so well. But these these guys have finally figured out uh, what it takes in, in all three zones, and winning draws, and getting a timely power play goal. Goaltending's been a huge difference. We all know their goaltending was as bad as it gets last year. They used seven guys. Injuries was a big part of that. You can't stop the puck. I don't care how good your team is in front. You can't win hockey games. That was a large part of the problem last year, and their defense is much improved. As much as their speed and quick, their speed and quickness has put teams on their heels. If you look at their six defensemen, three pairings, it's as good as it gets in the National Hockey League. They certainly have played like that as far as defending, as far as mobile, as far as big guys, good sticks, long reach. Not overly physical, I'm saying, as far as the big guys, but just very positionally sound. And John Marino, Bob, I will tell you, and I'll leave it at this, has not been good. He's been spectacular. I don't know if we can expect that all season long, but he's made a world of difference. Well, he was pretty good when he went over to Pittsburgh. As you know, Pete Shirelli, that was a Pete Shirelli contact, and once the Oilers uh, fired Pete in January of 2019, they knew that they're going to eventually have to trade Marino's rights because he was never signing in Edmonton. That's another conversation for another time because I have some, I have, I have theory on analytics as to where you should draft from. And you need to look at the past where you have success. Guys don't do that. They want to compare league to league. And I'm like, no, you need to look to see which players from which leagues have the greatest success in your organization. That's a whole other story. I'm going to start with Heischer, okay? Not Hughes. I, I, I get it. Hughes is maybe the sexier guy. But for me, when the Devils came into Edmonton earlier this year, to me, Nico Heischer looked like a completely different player. He's stronger. He's hard on the puck. He's uh, an underrated face. The Devils are a good face-off team, uh, with the exception of Hughes, and he's got Halla helping him out on his line. But for me, Heischer was the guy that had taken the quantum step forward. And I'd like to uh, just get you to maybe extrapolate some additional thoughts on what you've seen with this player and and where because he's had some injury issues. So. You know, is 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 he just matured into a man? What what do you think's happened here with him? Yeah, I, I think a few things, Bob. In a combination, you mentioned the injuries. I mean, that happens to any young player. He played ninety consecutive games coming out of the box as an eighteen-year-old. So sometimes I think that was overblown as far as is he big enough? Is he strong enough? But yes, has he finally filled into his body? He's 
he's much thicker. He's much more confident. Um, uh, he took his offensive game, like I mentioned earlier, to another level with the puck protection and and all those little things along the wall that uh, get you to become a, a more consistent, strong player. He's been able to get to the middle better. His hands seem to be better. His shot is uh, more accurate, more velocity. So he's improved in those areas, and he's trying to put it all together. He's been, for me, and there's a lot of guys you can put in this category, um, this real nice run, and I put it in perspective. It's early in the year still, and we'll see if they can continue it. They're going to lose some games, but I think they're more well-equipped because the metrics you talked about to get out of it were compared to the past. They just settled into seven-game losing streaks, and it seemed to never never be able to get at them. But a guy like Nico, he sure is their MVP. He is a, a, a real leader. He's a guy that's taken his his leadership to a whole nother level. He's a no-nonsense guy. He he prepares himself as well as any guy. All those those words you hear from captains, and that's the reason he was named the captain at a very young age. But he had to grow into everything, grow into that leadership as well. When he speaks, the team listens, and just because of the way he practices, the way he plays every shift uh, doesn't take one off, and and it, it resonates on the bench. And he's been terrific, Bob. You're absolutely right. Unless you saw him play on a nightly basis, he wasn't appreciated. Even though he went through ups and downs and some injuries, he had 50-plus points on a bad team his rookie year as an 18-year-old. Everybody wants points because you're number one overall. Well, there's only... Uh, a handful, not a handful, generational players like Connor McDavid, like Austin Matthews, that have an impact right away, have 100 points, have 40 goals. Just doesn't happen too often, as we know. But he sure has turned out to be just fine as a number one overall pick, and he's going to be fine for a lot of years because of his all-around game. Defenseman's dream in his own zone. All those good superlatives, you uh, you talk about players, uh, he's a hockey player, and, and you just love to watch him. But he has absolutely taken it to another level thus far this season. I think Jack Hughes, for me, Ken, is a, is a really good offensive player. I don't put him in the generational category. I think he could put up 90, 95-point seasons, especially with scoring going up. But I don't watch him on a nightly basis. What do you see with him? Oh, I, I don't disagree with you, but he's, is he a star? Yeah. Can he be a superstar? And I, uh, I don't say those words slightly because to jump from a star to a superstar, uh, there's only elite few, but his vision, his hockey IQ, his edge work, his skating ability, ability to uh, see things that other players don't. Uh, like all the elite offensive players do, uh, do I think he can get there? No question about it. He generates as many chances as any player in the National Hockey League on a nightly basis. Now it's about continuing to work on finish. Uh, his line mates finishing some of his opportunities, but he could have four or five points a night uh, if everybody finished, if he if he put the puck in that. It's starting to come during the, I don't know, when it was at 10 games, the winning streak, he had 15 points. He was leading the charge in that category. I've liked his 200-foot game, Bob. He's really starting to understand the game. We didn't see that early the first couple of years in his career, but he's liking the winning thing, and they've got him to buy in as well, not turning the puck over on a blind backhand pass through the middle, uh, coming back hard, uh, positioning himself well in defensive zone. So, so he, he's a real determined guy. He, I love his mentality. He's got a superstar mentality. He's never satisfied. He wants to be better. He expects himself to have three points a night. And 
Obviously, for me, it's about winning and about doing all the little things. He's doing that much better this year, and that's a big reason why this team has played so well. They're well-balanced. They're getting scoring from the fourth line and all those kinds of things you need to have success. It's not going to happen every night, but Jack Hughes is their ultimate offensive superstar, and and I think he's only going to get better. The Devils have some good prospects. We'll get to that momentarily. they got $25 million bucks in cap space coming off the books. Is it a slam dunk they get both Jesper Bratt and Miles Wood done? Well, I would think so. I mean, I, I, there's no question they're going to be talking to Jesper Bratt as soon as they possibly can. I think it's in January. I don't know the exact rules. Miles Wood only played three games last year, so you had to wait and see how he was going to return from hip surgery. But he brings an element that's unique. Uh, his straightaway speed is second to none, and his bulldozer-type style is an element the Devils need because they need a little more size, maybe a little more physicality. He fits that mold perfectly. That line playing together, McLeod, Bastion, and Wood all bring that Wood with the most speed, and, he, and he's found a little bit of a touch. He scored some goals this year. He did it a couple of years ago. It's consistency with him, but he's been terrific this year, and he's an element they need. So I, I think for, if the team has success, these guys are going to want to return. Certainly, Brad said all along he wants to be a devil. He's had some contentious negotiations. That's the business side. The first, last couple of years, he believes in himself. His agent believes in himself. So he's earned a pay raise. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Devils will be able to work it out because especially if they have the season uh, that they think they're going to have with the start they've had. To me, we're joined by Ken Danico, former New Jersey Devils uh, Stanley Cup champion and longtime Devils analyst Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Sound. When I watch P.K. Subban with New Jersey, he was not the same P.K. as as he was with Montreal. And so I just I asked John Shannon this question in the last segment. Are the, it, it, and I don't mean to denigrate P.K., but is it just because he's such a big personality, are the Devils better just because they've got a different mix on defense and they don't have nine million bucks tied up in a guy that maybe demands, you know, uh, and I would assume it was second power play unit time once Hamilton came aboard. But you know what I'm saying here? Like, are, did it, yeah, is it no just question. a better fit? Yeah. yeah well, well, it is. Look, look, PK, sometimes I, I get uh, how people can uh, misinterpret his. His personality at times in a bad way. Also, they love it in a good way because he's a, he's a he's a guy that does a lot in the community. No, was he the PK Subban of old? Probably not. Was he still pretty serviceable? And was I surprised he he didn't he retired and didn't get a contract with, with some team as a fit? But probably because of what you're saying. I, I think a lot of the young guys in the Devils really liked him, respected him, had a lot of fun with him. But now. You're right. He demanded a lot of the attention, uh, even if it wasn't on him per personally. I don't think it was as much on him as other people think, because I really liked him. I really did, Bob. Having yep. said that, now other guys have a bigger voice. Other guys have to take responsibility, and, and I think that was probably a good thing. You're right. And adding a John Marino, which you know he's in his prime. He's playing terrific. Dougie Hamilton now. Last year, injuries set him back a little bit, but he has played as good as I've seen him, and. He's playing excellent right now, so he's taking on a bigger role as well. He's always been our best offensive guy, but he, but 
he's been responsible in his own zone where he can be lackadaisical at times in, throughout his career. That's just a fact. I haven't seen that this year, but they've all bought into winning, so now that brings you a little more urgency, does it? But I agree with your assessment uh, to the point. But like I said, I, I'll never say anything bad about PK because he, he's a good guy. He played. He had a good career. Um, but, yeah, it was time to, to let some of these other guys take charge. All right. Well, it's time to let some other guys take charge. That's where I'm going to go next. All right. Holtz is, is Holtz is still up right now, is he not? He is, yes. Okay. Now, this is the seventh overall pick that had 26 goals and 51 points last year in Utica in 52 games. And then they got two stud D coming, a, a left shot puck mover in Luke Hughes that some people think yeah. is the best player from the 2021 draft. And then uh, Simon Nemich, who's a righty. Here's here's what's scary about this group, Ken. They're going to get better. Like they've got players with higher ceilings coming in to step in for maybe some other guys that are at a higher price point, and they're going to have these guys on ELC. This has got to be a really exciting time for you guys right now, Ken. Yeah, no question. I mean, you kind of alluded to it, alluded to it earlier, Bob, as far as. You know, is it just finally coming together? Nobody expected it to come together like this for 18 games uh, or what they played thus far this quickly. And like I said, they will go through some hiccups, but uh, they always believe that uh, uh, they have a great prospect pool. All these guys, once they develop, and even if one doesn't, they're still going to be fine. And you're absolutely right on the back end. My goodness, Luke Hughes can skate like the wind, and Nemitz did not look out of place as an 18-year-old in camp, he looks solid. Looks like he's going to be a great two-way defenseman, and it's great that he's able because of the depth now the Devils have to develop. It's important to develop down in the AHL for the Utica Devils. Bolts, you know, everybody wants everything now, and and you you've seen it so often, Bob, with with whether it's Oilers prospects, whether it's prospects around the league that are pretty high draft picks. It doesn't just happen where on the second year of it, uh, second year in your draft, you're going to be a, automatically a 25 goal scorer because you're a sniper. Some guys take three, four years. They believe in Holtz. We certainly do here in Jersey. He's got a wicked shot, but there's just no room right now. And the Devils have stayed healthy up front, but he's up practicing with a big club because it's invaluable as far as the pace uh, that the Devils play at. That's where they want him to improve. Uh, he, they work diligently with him. They after practice, before practice on just everything that he needs to do to be in the lineup. And as soon as there's an injury, he's going to get the opportunity. He can't sit all year. He, he you know, he needs to play games, but, but I think they believe right now it's just as important for him to learn at the NHL level, even if it's just in practice right now. And they've got a lot of development guys and, and skill coaches and Sergey Breland, who, uh, who has, won three Stanley Cups, and, and I give the coaching staff a ton of credit here, Lindy Ruff included, where they wanted his head the first two games, and understandably so, because they're passionate. The fans, like everywhere, they want results now with these all these high draft picks. Well, he's brought in three or four new guys, and they work with Holtz's and, and the young guys. Kevin Ball sitting on the sideline, six foot six. Very mobile, a very good defenseman in his own right who, who needs to get in there as well. He's another guy that's up and practicing with Holt. So they're learning on the on the fly here. They will get in games. 
But once injuries happen, we they don't hope it happens, but looking around the league, it happens regularly. So, uh, yeah, they're set up for a long time here, certainly, Bob, and with some entry-level contracts. You, if you can't sign a guy that you want to keep, well, you can move forward, and hopefully these guys can fill that spot as everybody needs it as far as those entry-level deals and with the salary cap system. But right now, their defense is playing too well. Ryan Graves has been terrific as well. Stegen, I can go on down the list. Those their top six. They got Damon Severson on the third pairing now, playing a lot less minutes than last year, and they've been pretty steady. Him and Brendan Smith as well. Yeah, final one for you. Uh, you told us in the past that Mark Messier and you, you knew the Messier family well. He always tried to get you to uh, to become an Oiler. You were an Oiler with the Kamloops <laughs> Junior Oiler. You played for Billy yeah. LaForge. Uh, you all, and then you went to play with Tommy McVie. Uh, Two uh, two legendary personalities. <laughs> Give me one thing you learned from both coaches in your journey to become an NHL player. Well, certainly both of them, uh, as much passion for the game of hockey, and, and that is a real positive. But hard on their players, hard on me personally, yes. Everything was different back then as a young player. I was a 19-year-old coming back from an injury playing in the National Hockey League when I went to Kamloops. So Billy LaForge was a tough guy, but he gave me a lot of leeway. So he, he understood enough to, you know, uh, give me a little leeway. We went, to, won the Western Conference, went on to the Memorial Cup as well and played against the great Merrill Lemieux. And we played them, and I outscored them, I think, that night because I think I had, like, uh, two goals, and he only had one. And we beat uh, Laval, I think he played on, but... Uh, I'm not 100% sure at the time. That's when I did have some offense, Bob, and Bill allowed me to do that playing me 28, 29 minutes a night. But just the passion and what it took every night and the drive, both those guys. Tom McVie, God, I thought he hated me in the minors. I thought he hated me with the Devils when I was a young kid. Team wasn't good. He knew how bad I wanted to play and be part of something, but he just hammered me. And I, and I realize now... <laughs> Uh, and, and now today, coaches have to be psychologists, and you got to be a little, a little more even keeled. But I love the man. Without him, I would never have had the career I, I had. I still stay in touch with him. He's eight years old. One of the funniest guys I've ever met. Uh, but having said that, he used to tell me, uh, you know, every day, you know. Guess who called for you, Kenny, when I was in the minors? Not an effing soul. Excuse my explicitness. Like, just busting my chops to get better. But he told me, and I realized when I was getting the call up eventually, which happened at Christmas, and I looked him in the eye, and I'll finish quickly here for you, Bob, but this is a great story. And he had a habit of picking up his players when he brought them up when they were going up to the National Hockey League when he was in the minors. And he picked up over 500 players. And this is a true story because he still tells it all the time. And he, he said, out of every player I ever picked up, he says, Ben Danico had everything but the kitchen sink packed, sitting at 6 a.m. And I looked at him with a sour look on my face and goes, he yelled at me, what is this? He says, most guys just had a suit bag over their shoulder. And I looked at him in the eye. I said, well, how long am I going for? He goes, how the heck should I know? If you play well, 15 years. You play bad, I'll see you tomorrow. And that deep, gruff voice of his. And I looked him in the eye. I said, Tommy, I ain't coming back. And he put it in, when they retired my number in 2006. He says, I was going to tell him to throw his gear back in his apartment, but I, I put it in the car because I looked in his eye and I believed him. He believed me because I, I was determined not to come back, never came back again. But he just taught me how it was to be a pro, like I said, hard on me because he believed in me. And he was a guy that I, I love 
he showed you what determination and hard work really meant and what it was going to take to stay in New Jersey for a long time like I did. So two great coaches, two great guys. I know they can uh, be tough, but uh, I needed it, and I liked it back then. Awesome stuff, Ken. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Bob. Take care. Always being, always fun being on with you. All right, that's Ken Danico, New Jersey Devils color analyst. We're going to quickly go into the order sound injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown is the best. Evander Kane out three to four months. Wrist surgery. Kyler Yamamoto did not make the trip. That is your update. Yamamoto day-to-day upper body injury. Colin Chalk coming up at about 1.34 after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.